Welcome, guys, into the Uncharted Horizons podcast. This is episode 32, which means we are 32 episodes in. That is eight months, basically, since we started this show. And all you wonderful people have been here for the journey. Happy to say we've got a full house tonight. Nicole is back. If you're listening to the podcast on streaming services such as Spotify or Apple, you can certainly check us out on Twitch at Uncharted Horizons PC. Follow us on Twitter.com at Nicole's is at Ellison underscore 712. And mine, of course, is LoveShackYT. And of course, just a quick shout out to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash LoveShackYT. Mostly tabletop, Magic the Gathering, things of that nature. But you can also find clips and episodes from the show posted there. And you can check out Nicole's Twitch at Ellison underscore 712. We are back. We are live. Full. Everything's back together. My back is a little sore from carrying everything. Isaac, thank you for asking. But uh, Nicole is back with us after a uh, eventful week at PAX. First of all, how are you, friend? And second of all, how was your overall PAX experience? I'm dying. No, I'm not dying. I was very busy starting last Wednesday until Sunday. Did I have Sunday? I did. I went to PAX Sunday. I went to PAX three days. And in between that, I had other plans and things to attend to, including a concert, a show, and a birthday party. Um, so yeah, I'm tired, and work sucks. So I'm just, I'm just existing. But PAX was great. It was my first time going, and I had a lot of fun. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, work sucks. I, uh, in the time between this show and last, have actually been let go from my position of employment through no means of my own. So I am a full-time podcaster now for the short term. Um, so it's been an interesting transition. However, I, I have had some time to, uh, breathe and decompress a little, so the, the panic has subsided. But of course, uh, Isaac said, homie got fired. Did not get fired, got let go. As a matter of fact, like, 12 people from my job got let go, and some of the people that got hired after me, including my co-host, kept their job. So that's an interesting transition on how that one works. I say, the last thing is you do good things for people. I to do with You it. do good things for people. You try to help a friend, you bring them on, and then they secretly campaign to kick you out of your spot. Um, I'm kidding, but of course, the important thing to note here is that uh, we are full steam ahead. Nicole is laughing, Rip. I mean, I joke. We Are you saying you wanted a woman to make less than you? No, of course not. I think women and men <laughs> should be should be paid equally. I mean, yeah, technically, I mean, yeah. But like, you know, yeah, and more, uh, more time with the job, you know, so the thing I'm learning here is that, uh, well, two things really is that a you can work hard and give yourself to a company and they can turn around and let you go without a warning. Um, and so always make sure you're prepared. I Money was not. Money, well, it's the problem is that, yeah, I mean, it happens, right? Um, the second thing I'm learning is that, um, karma does not exist. Uh, doing good things for people does not reward you. And in fact, just kind of punches you in the face. So I'm sorry to Taylor Swift, but she is very wrong, um, about karma. And I, uh, yeah, so here we are. Obviously I joke. I, I did get laid off. It sucks. Um, it's been a bit of a thing, but I mean, technically I've got some time and so I'm enjoying it for a couple weeks and then I really need to like ramp up the job search. But, um, thanks for interacting, Isaac. I appreciate you. Uh, May said, if jobs can let you go with no warning, I think you can let a job go with no warning. I mean, it is kind of it's, a flaw in our true. system, right? Like, we have to give two weeks notice, but they can cut you um, on That's a dime. A I don't know. All I know is, um, you know, uh, family's always going to win out in the end, I suppose. Uh, moving on to some other topics, though, on our opening thoughts, of course, Nicole went to PAX, and I have a list of questions I'm going to ask here uh, for her that, uh, you know, just a basic prompting questions to let her kind of share. Skipping. 
no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just giving the show okay. rundown. That's all. Um, gotcha. I've got, I've got Resident Evil Four remake on the horizon. Um, last week, Dustin joined me for a special show, and we talked about the game. And I have to say, it has been unbelievable. There are not enough good things I could say, and I'll dive into that in my segment in a little bit. And then John Wick Four came out last week. It uh, was absolutely stellar in every way. And as someone who loves the franchise. Even in some of my friends who have, uh, you know, have not loved it as much as I have saw this movie and were, were blown away. So we'll give you thoughts on that and uh, some other stuff. So let's kick it off with some opening thoughts. Um, Nicola, you were kind of, you know, the one who was away. So certainly you can take the floor first. Anything on your mind you want to touch on before we, you know? I do have a very important opening thought and it's for all the fucking Breath of the Wild simps out there. <laughs> Oh God! I gotta. Put I up watched. My... I I did my due diligence as somebody in this community and watched the Tears of the Kingdom gameplay stream. Um, I like scrubbed through it. You know, I kept hitting like that advanced ten seconds just to like see some stuff. Immediately stopped when I saw a weapon break. I didn't give that. I didn't give that demo another second of my time because fuck that. And I voiced that displeasure online and was met with many comments. <laughs> Most of which were just people that uh, I regularly interact with, but I definitely had some newbies in there since I quote retweeted Nintendo's official post. Um, yeah, people feel very strongly on both sides of this argument, which I think is really funny. Someone as far as to say as the weapon breaking was the best part of Breath of the Wild, which at that point, how good can your game be if that's what you think is the best part of that game? I think that 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 that, that was just ridiculous and someone was just, you know, trolling me like I'm trolling all of them. Um, I mean, yeah, more power to you if that's the type of game you want to play, but, like, was that really a core element of any Zelda game prior to Breath of the Wild? It just seems like a weird thing to really focus on and make you spend your time doing, but who am I to say? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, checking out the little infographic I just tossed up on the screen here, of course, Breath of the <laughs> Wild fans rationalizing their weapon system and, of course, takes you through the stages. Uh, encourages exploration by having a break, having to stop to change weapons or never use them. It's so great to explore the game for weapons I will never use. Again, really, really dumb. I've always thought the idea of weapons breaking or wearing out in games is really, really stupid. Um, and I was 100% with you on this. I saw your tweets. I was... I was fully supporting the trolling of Breath of the Wild fans because I would imagine that a lot of them are probably the same people that were like, you know, offended when I suggested Ocarina of Time is a pretty boring game that doesn't hold up well. So I'm with you. Uh, games should not do that. And um, yeah, I, I can't say yeah. I, I, I'm not excited. I wasn't really interested either way about Breath uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Like I wanted to talk about it at some point because like, obviously, like it's, you know, a big thing in gaming. But yeah, no, I think it's valid. And uh, I think it seems like Chad agrees. May said, weapons breaking gives me so much rage. I don't like playing games that do that. Yeah, I had other reasons to not like Breath of the Wild, obviously. And that's not like a end-all be-all for me. It's like, oh, my weapon broke. That sucks. But like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I was, I want to give Tears of the Kingdom a chance, even though I didn't give Breath of the Wild more than one. Because obviously I, I did try to play that. Um, because like, I'm not naive. I see how big of an impact it's had in what like weight it holds as far as like best games of all time discussions but i don't know and, and nothing like i don't know as a, as a zelda fan was that was breath of the wild obviously people say it is like their greatest game ever but like is that where you saw the franchise going like they don't even have dungeons dude <laughs> i just i feel like that breath of the wild could have been made 
with any other IP and it would have like made more sense than it being Zelda. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is what old Zelda games were like. It just doesn't, I don't know. I don't want to spend my time finding random sticks to make a raft to get where I'm going. Like, that's just not the type of gameplay I want. I don't okay. want to have to worry about that. And that's what you have to do in these games. Like, I, what do you mean I can't climb up this mountain forever? Like, there's stamina. Like, they make traversing. <laughs> Obviously, I think they give you a bike in the last game. And, like, you have the glider and stuff. But I don't know. They just make, They. I feel like they try to make it part of, like, the whimsy. Like, oh, you have to be creative and figure this out. It's like, I don't want to. No, <laughs> just, just let me, let me, let me play my game, please. Like, stop trying to just bust Just let me my get body. where yeah. I'm going, please. Yeah. It's just not for me, but it's not Zelda's fault. Like, I didn't like Shadow of the Colossus for the same thing. Like, I don't like the whole stamina gameplay, but that's my opening thought. Obviously, I'm trolling. If you have fun with the game, enjoy it, but not for me. Yeah, I'm with you. And I will say Shadow of the Colossus is uh, another game that is visually beautiful, but I also did not. I just couldn't. It was very boring to me. Again, yeah. kind of sacrilege to say, probably. But I played it. It bored me. Looks great. I'm glad it looks nice and everything else, but it's, you know... I don't know, it's like hanging out with someone that has no personality, they're, but they they look nice. It's like, okay, cool, after a little while, I'm <laughs> overlooking at you, I'd like to actually get to know you or talk to you or whatever. Um, so, you know, aesthetic is not everything. Um, but yeah, people are pumped for Breath of the Wild, and that's great, I'm happy for you, honestly, I am. But um, yeah, it's it's just kind of, you know. Um, two quick notes, opening thoughts. First of all, uh, of course, it is almost April Fool's Day, and I would just like to remind everyone that this is a dumb holiday, if you want to call it that. You're not cool for playing April Fool's pranks on people. It's not fun. It's dumb. It's annoying. And, like, I hate it. I think April Fool's Day is the worst, and I don't need to say that as, like, someone who's, like, older now. Like, I know it's, like, what a boomer mentality, but, like, I don't know. April Fool's Day I'm surprised sucks. you out of all people don't like it. No, like, I guess like when I was younger, holiday. but, like, it's kind of dumb, and it's stupid and now it's just kind of cringy and like i don't know you people try to like oh april fools i posted a game but it's not actually coming out like what do you want to bet like fucking valve is gonna post a half-life 3 teaser on april 1st like come on like all right like enough you know it's it's stupid i hate it it's dumb you don't have to do it honestly no one's gonna be like oh god this person didn't participate in april fools ostracize them from society i don't know find a hobby do something different and the other thing that I wanted to add is, uh, again, as Easter is right around the corner, I mean, I think Easter kind of sucks as a holiday. I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who likes Easter. I mean, if you're over the age of 10, I find it a little weird, but whatever. Um, when I was a kid, I loved, you know, Easter egg hunts and stuff, but now it's kind of like, you know, dumb. Um, and uh, peeps. Peeps are abhorrent. Um, I feel like it's very much on the level of candy corn for me. I, I think peeps are one of the most disgusting things ever created. Um, a friend of mine got me a thing of peeps for my birthday, like the birthday cake peeps or cotton candy peeps. And of course, like I tried one because, you know, I'm a good friend and it's, you know, an obligation, still terrible. It's the texture. It's the feeling like you're biting into a Brillo pad and then the marshmallow doesn't even taste like good quality marshmallow. I, I was at the store today, and there was a bunch of Peeps. There was, like, a whole rack of them. Like, all these different flavors. It's fucking Flaming Hot Peeps. And, like, you know, Jalapeno Peeps and Bacon Wrap Peeps. Like, we could stop at any time. As a society, like, I think Peeps should be one of the biggest priorities that we are tackling. Um, and I just, yeah, it's 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 bad. So, Mikamu um, said, I don't think you know what Brillo pads feel like. I do. They feel like marshmallow ducks. 
Anyway, have you ever bitten into a Brillo pad? Me neither, but I felt one, and I can imagine that the way a Brillo pad feels on my hand is what a peep feels like on my teeth. Okay. Nicole's Interesting. Just, just yeah, to get because those I don't think Brillo pads are as soft as you're picturing, but what well, do I know? Like, uh, like one of those green scrubby pads you use to clean yeah, dishes. Yeah, but aren't they like aren't Brillo pads like rough? <laughs> like, well, kind of. Purpose. Isaac okay. said in the chat, moon pies are garbage. I actually literally just ate a moon pie before, like, like dead ass, pies. have a box of, I was at Walgreens before the show getting some hydration, and they had moon pies for a dollar. Oh, and so I, I, bought I lied. A, I don't think I like moon pies. I bought a box of lemon moon pies. They're like uh, marshmallow filled um, things. Uh, Mika Moon in the chat said, Brillo pads are like metal. I thought, I think those are like steel wool you're thinking of. Like, um, no, like you know, the steel that's, wool. That's what I thought Brillo pads were, oh, too. Oh, well, you know, it must be a girl thing. Um, yeah, maybe. Brillo pad. Steel wool. Okay, whatever. <laughs> not Brillo pad. Fuck off. It's, I'm not talking about those then. Uh, okay, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Can we just talk about the description for Brillo pads? Steel yeah. Wool impregnated with soap. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. That's what, that's what this, that's what Google says. Are made from steel wool impregnated with soap. That is the worst adjective or verb I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> she said, excuse not me. Not use that to describe things. No. Well, you see the Scrub Daddy TikToks? The, the, the brand Scrub I, Daddy, the sponges? I love Scrub they, 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 so much. <laughs> very inappropriate, but uh, there's no chance you dislike peeps works. and like moon pies, Isaac said. What do, what do you mean? They're completely different, but okay, Isaac. What's wrong with moon pies? Hold on a second. No, you gotta get into your next thing because we don't have enough time for this. Isaac, look what you've done. There's this isn't like a. I don't even know what you think this is. Like we don't have a live studio audience that we need to listen to. Box of moon pies, right? You're not. You're not gonna do anything with those because we're gonna move on to your thoughts on Resident Evil Four. Fair enough. I am going to go ahead and move on, but I'm going to Eating first... things on podcast is not good podcast etiquette. Please don't do that. Okay, he did it anyway. All right, we're going to move on to my next thing, since Brayden's being ridiculous. <laughs> uh, broaden your horizon. So I have fun news for you guys. We'll come back to Brayden when he is ready to be a podcaster. Um, E3 is officially canceled. Which is bonkers. I was I was too busy today. I was putting out metaphorical fires at work, and I just didn't have time to be on my phone always, like I usually am. That's um, like a good problem yeah, to have. So E3 is canceled. Uh, an article from Games Radar. They said E3 organizers have sent emails telling potential exhibitors that the show will not be moving forward. According to multiple sources speaking to IGN, the email reportedly said that this year's event simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size strength and impact of our industry uh the e3 twitter account also posted that both physical and digital events are canceled for 2023 and they're reassessing for next year we'll see um but if you didn't know already if you're just like an e e3 diehard and somehow haven't heard of anything else um you do have summer games fest still so that i don't know when that started it was a few years ago but um, Summer Games Fest 2023 kicks off on Thursday, June 8th with a spectacular cross-industry showcase streaming live from YouTube. Um, it's hosted by Jeff Keighley. He's the guy that does the Game Awards in December, usually. Um, so that is pretty much the big event now that's taken over for E3 the past few years. It has world premieres, Day of the Devs, all of that stuff. So that is definitely where you're going to want to turn your attention instead. Um, Jeff usually gets some... Pretty cool things. He's the one that got to announce Elden Ring and all of that. So I definitely like watching his stuff. 
and he takes any opportunity he can to promote this thing and is literally promoting his uh, Summer Games Fest while before E3's body is even cold, which is hilarious. I love Jeff for that. But yeah, E3 is dead, and I don't think it's coming back next year. What do you think, Brandon? I don't think it's coming back ever again. I, think I mean, honestly, it's kind of crazy from a perspective of how long it's been around, but I can't say it's shocking, and I also can't say it's really that much of a, a miss. Like, um, I don't... Like, at this point, everyone had started to kind of go off and do their own thing, so it was sort of like E3 didn't even feel like as big of an event because you knew that Xbox maybe wasn't going to be there, Nintendo maybe wasn't going to be there. Like, all these big companies were, like, going elsewhere, doing their own events, so at this point, it almost felt like a mercy killing, like, we're just kind of getting, you know, putting it out of its misery, Um, which is, is, you know, it kind of sucks because, like, it was cool, like, as a thing, but... At the same time, it almost feels like nostalgia, like this, the new way of doing things with the different showcases allows people to like pick and choose what they want to consume. If you're not a huge fan of, you know, Nintendo stuff, then you don't have to sit through through that part of E3. It gives you the op- more options as a consumer, and I don't think that's a bad thing. So it sucks, but like at the end of the day, I kind of feel like everybody saw it coming. It's really not that shocking to me, so. Yeah. I like Jeff's stuff, and I think he's doing what needs to be done for today's, like, I don't know, just how events are handled nowadays. E3 was getting very outdated, like you said, and expecting all these big publishers to come to your one event in person is a lot to ask nowadays, so, yeah. Summer Games Fest is, like, all summer long, like, uh, Ubisoft's gonna have its own thing, and they're part of Summer Games Fest, but they're just kind of, like, doing a showcase whenever they feel like it and just adding that name to it, so... Just a fun time to get a bunch of new gaming news. Yeah. All right. So we can go back to your opening thought and we could talk about what you thought about Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, I'll get there. But I I, uh, I, I got sidelined by the uh, moon pie that you told yeah. me not to eat, which was basically confirmation that I was going to eat it. But I do have a couple of quick notes I wanted to share in the news segment. Speaking of Resident Evil 4, 3 million units sold in two days. Uh, which is a crazy, crazy number. Very strong start. That's across PS4 and 5, Xbox One and Series X and PC. Um, just crazy, crazy success so far for the game. And I have a lot of things to, you know, obviously um, share about it. Uh, another note, EA is laying off about 6% of its staff as part of a restructure. So I don't know what that means in terms of like game development and things that are upcoming, but certainly uh, not as high of a percentage as we've seen with some other companies from a news perspective. Um, and, and the most noteworthy thing, the PS5 has officially emerged as the best-selling console. Sales have jumped over 300% earning into February 2023, um, and it is absolutely rocketing over everything else at the moment, which, you know, I'm not necessarily shocked by, but it's almost double Nintendo Switch and Xbox at that point. Interesting. Which is really cool. Uh, I was just reading some some news um speaking you know sonic frontiers also just broke that three million unit mark uh that was released by sega of japan um again another game i love and i hope that people will play um but just a lot of cool um you know sort of you know notes coming out there um in the news side of things with e3 obviously dominating above all of that but um i just wanted to kind of share those and i had made a couple notes and sony also said that activision is not going uh sorry bobby Kotick said activision is not going to allow sony's behavior to affect their long-term <laughs> relationships so 
with the you know UK passing the deal for Microsoft to you know acquire Activision Blizzard, US is obviously still reviewing that. There's approval waiting in other areas, but we didn't really get a chance to cover too much of that news last week. That deal does look closer and closer to possibly going through, which could be a big shift for gaming as a whole. Um, you know, especially with Call of Duty. So, any any uh, any feelings on any of that one way or another? It'll probably go through. Microsoft's yeah. been working quite hard to show that they're not being a monopoly, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done, I think, but it does seem like it's something that's going to go through, and, uh, and I'm excited to see that, so. All right, so, that being said, unless there's any other news, we're going to hop right into uh, quick thoughts on Resident Evil 4 Remake. Now, if you guys remember when we first started the show, we did our best game of all time bracket. Resident Evil 4 made a strong run. I pushed hard for it. It is an absolutely fantastic uh, game. Even the original still holds up to this day. I don't love the tank controls. It's not my personal comfort playstyle. Um, and so I was very happy to see that Resident Evil 4 Remake does not use those. Obviously, uh, most games nowadays don't. After playing Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake, both of which I liked, I had high hopes for this, but I was also nervous that they were going to take some of the things out that made it great. Um, Leon, you know, main character is, is very cheesy as like cheesy one-liners, cheesy dialogue that kind of makes everything, it kind of gives the game a bit more of a, of a unique feel because Resident Evil at its core, with the exceptions of like Resident Evil 7, which is like genuine straight up horror for the most part, has always been a mixture of like silly, not silly like hee hee, but silly like, you know, it's kind of, it, it, do it doesn't take itself too seriously. It understands that it's like way over the top. Um, to an extent, and Resident Evil 4 did a great job of that. There's just a lot of stuff that happens um, in this game that is just ridiculous, but it works. And I have to say, I am on chapter 14, so I have two chapters left, um, and then I'll be done with the game. Uh, probably about 10 to 11 hours. I've tried to pace it because like, it went by so fast. I played so much the first couple of days, and it's just, I mean, it's a fantastic game. I don't really think, I mean, it's gotten universally good scores across the board, and it's just, it holds up well. They left some of the cheesy dialogue in. Visually, it looks incredible. They made it more modern in certain areas. I mean, there are things to nitpick, like the, the merchant's voice doesn't really hit the same for me as it did before. Um... And I think the game has a ton of replayability, too, because there's a for someone like you who likes to platinum stuff, there's certainly a lot of challenges and things to unlock. Absolutely not. What? What? <laughs> Isn't Resident Evil 4, like, impossible to platinum because you need to play it, like, three times? Yeah, I mean, three times is not that much for a game that you could beat in six hours if you really no, try. No, but like, it's like, you gotta play it with, like, only a knife, and then you gotta play it on, like, ultra hard mode and never die. It's, like, that crazy list of things that um, I have no business so participating I don't, in. I don't know if the remake still has all of those things. I, it definitely it could. Does. I'm not sure. Right now, I'm just enjoying the playthrough. Um, but there are, like, other guns you can unlock and stuff after you beat the game that the merchant will have. So each playthrough can be a different experience. Like, you can go through and do, like, a knife-only run, or you can go through and do, like, this-only kind of run. 40 hours to platinum. Okay, I mean, that's not terrible, considering some of the other, you know, some of the other stuff. Oh, but Lord. one of the big things about this game is they have, like, charms that help with speedruns and stuff, because a lot of people are probably going to do speedruns. That's a big thing for Resident yeah. Evil. Um, so it does have replayability, and I definitely think I will play it again at some point because I played it on standard, which is your base difficulty. It, it's bet you know normal. It's not easy. It's not hardcore, but I almost feel like it's kind of too easy. Like it, some of the boss fights that were hard in the original are very much like not hard here, and it doesn't take away from the experience. Like it's still a wicked fun game, 
Um, but I just I would have liked a tad bit more of a challenge. And so unless the final boss is um is crazy. So yeah, the game uh so just for people who are listening in the comments, Scrooge said, For any argument's sake, isn't any open world game typically over forty hours to platinum? I think that's probably fair, right? Like I think even God of War and stuff were about the same. Um Yeah, and- I just meant you said it's only six hours, so like to put in perspective how much additional work you have to put in. Yeah, well the game itself, if you play it normal from start to finish, it's about twelve hours. But I'm oh, saying okay. if you speed run it, if you go through it rapid oh, fire, okay. you could probably cut that time down a lot because you'll figure out how to leave certain things, you'll figure out how to, you know, how to buy a lot of stuff you could probably bypass. So the game I think is about twelve hours or so, but if you wanted to go through and play it, you know, platinum it whatever um tantalizing taters in the comments said not everyone is the completionist just have fun and i definitely agree with that obviously i'm just playing the game for fun but what i'm saying is typically resident evil games are shorter and a lot of the appeal is that you can go back and play them again in a different way or with different weapons or things like Mm. that but score wise i'm easily giving this a nine out of ten at the moment um i have to finish and really kind of gather my thoughts see how i feel about the whole wrap-up the last couple you know moments but I think it is an excellent, excellent game, and I highly recommend it to anyone. I think there is a different experience playing the original and playing this one, but if you're not into like going back and playing the older one, just I, the game is worth the money, it's worth the play, and uh, I definitely recommend it. So, Just to bring up, none of us took RE4 for our Fantasy Video Game League, surprisingly, because that would have been easy points. I remember avoiding taking it specifically because I was nervous that me taking it would A, jinx it, and B, that it might end up being, like, it might end up being not, I was just worried. I was like, maybe they're going to fuck it up, and I guess I really should have, like, not, I should have had the benefit, you know, the the hindsight of being, like, they're probably not going to because the game is, you'd have to actually try to fuck that game up, in other words. Like, it's that Mm. good of a game originally. I mean, there's a reason it's considered by some to be, like, one of the, I mean, it's ranked in the top, like, 20 of best video games of all time. Not the new one, I'm talking about, like, Resident Evil 4 original. So, like, for games to do that well, and to be liked that well by that many people, it's just, it, it's a testament to the game, so. Nice. I think you'll like it a lot, honestly, and uh, I definitely would Yeah, I'll get it. to that one. I'm not going would... to play 2 or whatever that has the guy perpetually following you. Fuck that. <laughs> no way. The, uh, Resident Evil 2, yeah, Mr. X, he does follow you around most of the game. He, he, he'll just hear his footsteps, and it adds, like, a bit of That's atmosphere. Even worse. This game doesn't have, it's not, like, terrifyingly scary, but what's really fun about it is, especially if you're playing with headphones, which I absolutely recommend if you're playing a game like this to wear headphones, you hear the, you know, the they're not zombies, they're, like, fungus, plant, whatever. It's closer to Last of Us people infected. than it is to that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're infected with a parasite. You hear them kind of from different directions where they're coming, like surround sound. So you'll hear like a voice and you can hear as they get closer. But then there's also like, you know, without going into spoilers, because I know, you know, some people, there's parts in the game where you're playing like in borderline pitch black and you just have a flashlight and then enemies will pop up when you open a door or something will just appear. And it's like it, it creates a really fun atmosphere in the game while also being just really over the top. I mean, the, one of the main bad guys in the game is like four foot tall and he's like a, you know, he's, he's not, you know, he's not the most intimidating, but he's, he, he works. And so, yeah, I really can't say enough good things about the game. Um, and I'm just reading a couple of comments from chat. Isaac said, Peppa Pig is going to win the video game draft. Stay tuned for the end of the year gloat session. And May said, you haven't even played Peppa. That was, okay. that's funny. 
it was all a political stunt. I don't know. I don't I don't think Peppa Pig World Adventures is going to be rocking any boats anytime soon, but maybe I'm wrong. I guess we'll have to see what happens. So, yeah, Resident Evil for me gets a 9 out of 10. Really good. Highly nice. recommend. So, um, let's hop over to PAX. I mean, you were there for your first... This was your first time, right? Yes. This was my first time. I won a giveaway, which is why I even went. Don't know why I've never gone before. It's literally Comic-Con, but specifically for video games. So, of course, I was going to like it. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I had some questions just to kind of prompt you, and you certainly feel free to take in any direction that you want to. I know you mentioned a couple of games you wanted to spotlight, too, so I, I figured just to sort yeah. of kind of going. So, um, I will say, what were your expectations going into PAX versus what you actually experienced going there? That was my first question. Um, I think I expected pretty much what it was. Um, I was curious how they were going to, like fit that many people into that convention center and like have enough to do for everybody mm -hmm. um but i went thursday like a half day friday and then all day sunday so friday and sunday are obviously the i mean thursday and sunday are the obviously the uh less crowded days mm -hmm. but surprisingly people are very spaced out like um i was picturing saw like nintendo and like bigger boots had a bunch of computers like i don't know 10 20 but then obviously you had the smaller developers that had like one computer for each of their games that they were showcasing if it was like a publisher um so like you had to wait for some stuff some stuff you didn't have to but i think that like between the show floor and how big it was um and what they had for panels on like three different floors um everything was like pretty spaced out and i think you could probably see everything that you'd want to see in a day i definitely think two days is enough after having gone mm -hmm. um well, a day would be like pretty tight and you probably wouldn't get to see any panels but the show floor you could but yeah, I expected it to be, I don't know, more busy or just like not, not as well set up as they had it. But now I think they've got it down to a science having done it so many years. Nice, nice. Yeah, when I went for the first, last year, I went for the first time. And one of the things I remember thinking was like, and you know me, I'm very impatient. Like, I'm like, I don't want to fucking wait in chaotically long lines. Like, there's yeah. so many people. Um, And it wasn't really that bad. I mean, except for some of the bigger games, but they definitely had... um. Mm you know, even, like, some tabletop stuff, like, I'm obviously big into magic and things like that, so, like, card games, board games, like, booths like that. Um, so, my next question, then, is, uh, did you get to play demos of any, you know, big titled games, not indie stuff, and, uh, if so, what were they, and what was your, what was the highlight for you? Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my short answer. <laughs> All right. I wanted to play, I wanted to play Dead Island 2, but like you said, that was one of the ones that had, like, a pretty big line, and, like, no matter when I walked by it, there was a line, I was like, I'm not waiting. And the waiting probably wasn't that bad, but, like, why wait when I could have gone and played, like, five other games in the time I would have waited to play Dead Island? Like, I can just fucking go home and play the demo or play the game when it comes out. I just, like, wanted to because it was there. Um... I waited and I was going to wait in line for Atlas Fallen, which is another, like, I before I went to PAX, I didn't hear of it, but another big game coming out that's like an RPG, mm -hmm. open world, like, Skyrim-looking vibe. Um, but the wait for that was somewhat, somehow, like, 40 minutes because they made their demo 40 minutes long. Like, what are you doing? That You can't do that. That's, <laughs> like, that's most a of lot. the demos are, like, they either give you a timer a or it's, like, a... Or, like, the demo is specifically, like, a certain length that, like, be like, thanks for playing our demo, or, like, they'll just put a timer on. No, that, that for some reason, those people had a 40-minute demo. I was like, that that's ridiculous, so I didn't wait for that either. Um, but I don't think I played any other, like, big games that people would know. Um, I probably also didn't go out of my way to play them, just because, like, I either knew I was gonna buy them, or I've played, like, I don't 
I don't know. I was there to like look at the stuff and like experience things that I already I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, like Cult of the Lamb was there showing off their new DLC, which was really exciting. Oh, and that's I cool. like went to their booth a few times because they were like giving out like hats, stamps. I got a cool little um follower card. So don't look at my code. Well, I didn't know <laughs> I might have shown the code. I didn't see it. It's but... fine if someone took it. I don't even have Steam. Um, but they were giving out follow like just like a like I think it's a sheep, a bunny. They were giving out like follower cards there. Nice. Um, Screenshot it. And some other stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh, what else is there? You've Have you heard of Crypt of the Necrodancer? Yeah, of course. Uh, they did a Legend yeah. of Zelda crossover, didn't they? Or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I forgot Cadence of Hyrule. I actually got that version of the game and not the ri- original one because it was like a dollar. No, but that was there. They have a sequel called Rift of the Necrodancer, which I played, um, which was a sequel to Crypt of the Necrodancer where you're playing as the same character, but it's rhythm-based. So if you saw me play Melatonin, it was very similar, where you just have different, like, patterns to follow with, like, the arrow keys and the space bar. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun, because it just had, like, good vibes, and it was, like, combat and, like, different mini-games, but made by those people, and that was a good time. But that was pretty much probably the only, like, big-name stuff that I played that people would just, like, recognize by the name. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, so I, I, we had a couple games we talked about in our po- in our pre-show that you had said you wanted to talk about, and uh, I'm going to set you up for now. So tell us a little bit about Wild Frost. I know that's one of the indie games you played. It certainly seems neat, and uh, just I don't know anything about it, so feel free. What, what yeah, Wild Frost is developed by Deadpan Games, if you want to look them up. Um, so I pretty much, for all of these, I just took their description right from Steam, just so I don't, like, misinterpret what the game's supposed to be. Uh, so for Wild Frost, it's take on the elements in Wild Frost, like, tactical roguelike deck builder, journey across a frozen tundra, collecting cards strong enough to banish the eternal winter. Um, so I did get to demo this one. I kept seeing it, like, the three days I was there, and finally played it Sunday, because I just, like, the art style was calling to me, and I just was like, I need to go over there. And it's published by Chucklefish, and I like a lot of the games that they, like, curate and publish over there. Um, I'm not usually not a deck builder, like, card game person. Uh, if the game mechanics and, like, outside of that is fun and entertaining, then I do put up with it. Like, I really liked Marvel Snap, and that was literally just a card game. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one um, had great visuals. The battle was really entertaining. Um, it was, like, kind of challenging, but, like, still fun to figure out the best way to, like, play your hand and play your characters. All of the characters on, like, the screen we have there, those are, like, all people you can, like, recruit for your deck, and they all have their own abilities. Um, and then outside of battle, there was, like, a town that you're improving on and, like, some story stuff, which is, like, what I'm interested to see more of just because I didn't get to see much of it in the demo. Um, and while we were there, they said that they were coming very soon and we should be hearing stuff. And I think today, actually, they announced that they got their announced a release date of April 12th and it's going to be on Switch and PC. So that's very soon. It's exciting. Nice. Not bad at all. Yeah. Not bad at all. So Wild Frost, you guys check that one out. That was one I know Nicole had mentioned. Um, and I'm going to just jump right into the next one for you. Uh, this cool. one I've actually heard a little bit about. And as someone who's a big fan of uh, wrestling in general, um, I'm certainly intrigued by this because I've actually been following its development a little bit. That mm-hmm. is WrestleQuest. So I know you said you got a chance to play WrestleQuest. Right. Tell us about it a little and uh, what you thought. Yeah, WrestleQuest is developed by Mega Cat Studios. I'm just mentioning all the developers so you can support them, and even just wishlisting on Steam helps them out a lot. Um, so this one's pro wrestling and RPG fantasy collide in the ultimate pixel-powered adventure. Macho Man, Randy Savage, and tons of other icon offer guidance as you powerbomb your way to glory beyond the ring. 
Uh, so this one, there's a similar game being developed that has the same vibe, but WrestleQuest, like I mentioned, is actually being backed by, like, real wrestlers like Randy Savage. I forget the other people that they mentioned that they have on board. Well, Randy um, Savage but- Randy Savage is dead, so I don't think he's backing it. Not backing it, but, like, oh, they okay. have their IP. I don't know, what do, what do you call it when you use, like, real... Likeness, maybe? Yeah, like, I don't know, there's a bunch of people that they have, but, like, I pretty much... Out of the names they told me, I definitely knew randy savage more than yeah me. <laughs> i mean he like could be said. backing it but it's certainly more of a spiritual thing also r.i.p i don't know if i knew he was dead yeah he died about that. like I, I like eight his, years ago his slim jim his slim jim stuff you know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um, so i did get to demo this one the art style for like the pixel art style is so great it reminds <laughs> me of golf story if people played that that was like the nintendo switch exclusive like golf rpg i just played that recently actually and it was like the same vibe like an rpg where like the main gameplay is wrestling, but, like, in between all of that, you have, like, a full RPG, like, you have abilities and stuff, there's, like, a story, there's, like, a whole place, I don't know where they are, I didn't really get to do much of that, to walk around and do things, um, but I like the actual, like, combat in the ring, because it's a mix of, like, quick time events, um, your typical turn-based stuff, where you can pick, like, fight, talk, items, like, that type of thing, and then, yeah, at some point you get to do, like, your finishing move, which was fun to do and, like, pull off. And I think you can also, like, talk your way out of situations. I don't know. It was really cool. It looks really nice, like, visually, just because I, like, I'm a sucker for a good pixel art style. Um, and it's coming in May 2023 for all platforms. Okay, not bad. Wrestle, that's not that far away. No, it's soon, yeah. Right, all right. Comment section is wild right now. Yeah, I'm not going to read those. He just came back for the game. Listen. I don't know who else. No, no, that's fair. It is It is interesting. I heard Paul Walker's supporting the new Fast and the Furious movie, too, so it should be interesting to see what <laughs> happens there. So, uh, moving on from WrestleQuest and moving on to the next game that you had given us uh, to look at here, and that one is called, uh, I'm going to botch this, Cuisineer? Cuisineer? Um, Cuisineer? Cuisineer, Cat, I guess. Catgirl? I don't know. Cuisine. I don't know. Cuisine year. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. Cuisine year. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I do want to just say, though, I looked up WrestleQuest, so they have Jake the Snake, Roberts, and even Andre the Giant. So I also do know yeah. Andre the Giant. Well, Is Andre- he still alive? Oh, yeah. Andre's, Andre's still Is going. He, Is he alive? Let's Andre's see. still yeah, kicking. Yeah. He, he made no, Princess... No, he died! No. What? Andre? Really? Andre's he was just in the Princess Bride. There's no way. No, Andre the Giant died in 1993. Do I have the right guy? Oh, this that's is, insane. This is- the French guy, Andre the Giant, who I didn't know. You who can knew? tell how removed from wrestling I am. I used to watch WWE and like SmackDown and like Raw when yeah. I was a child. <laughs> they said I can't work. stand you right now. Um uh, Jake oh, the Snake Jake Roberts the Snake, is still are alive. All these people dead? No, Jake the Snake Jake is the alive, Snake. technically speaking. Um He is alive. He's had we his have, battles. With, alive he's wrestler. had his battles with demons, but it seems like he's gotten his life in order, so I think he's alright. Um it says explore worlds and their lofty careers. Draw inspiration from wrestling icons. That's what they're yeah, calling it. Yeah, inspiration. Okay, so not the same as implying they've been resurrected. Anymore. Yeah. I don't know enough. WrestleMania is this weekend. I'm pumped. I have friends that we is, get together yeah. to watch it. It's a big thing for us. I've been watching. I don't watch it. I can't follow it as much as I used to, where I'd like watch it all the time. But like the big shows, we always watch. So it's always fun. Uh, he can throw me in his snake bag. He said, "No, he's literally alive." Andre, I guess, is dead. That one shocked me. Who yeah, nineteen ninety three. I wasn't Who even knew? recent. I, I thought I swear he was on TV last the week. The games I played, he was in them. So I just assumed. I don't know. 
Like Ray Mysterio, he's alive. <laughs> Man, yeah, he is. He's going into the Hall of Fame this week, actually. Uh, oh, for, good. On he Saturday night. It. So, Rhea is my other That's girlfriend. Sorry you had to find out like this, Nicole. You know, May, I've heard a lot of people say that. So, I don't know. It seems to be a thing. There's like a thing for the goth mommy type, from what I understand, based on uh, yeah. other friends I've spoken with. Um, but yeah, so what's up with Cuisinier? Are you uh, tell me a little bit about Cuisinier? Cuisinier. I don't have a problem with what it was called until you started questioning it. And now I also don't know. But anyway, Cuisinier <laughs> is developed by Battle Brew Productions. Uh, enter dungeons and defeat monsters to get vital ingredients to cook delicious food to serve at your restaurant in this super cute and tasty roguelite dungeon crawler. Um, so I saw this one and immediately, I didn't get to play it, but I watched people play, um, and it immediately gave me vibes like Moonlighter, if anyone's ever played that. So it's the same thing, roguelike dungeon crawler, but while you're on the dungeon runs, all of the items that you're acquiring, when you're outside of the dungeon, you're running a shop and selling those items. So this is the same thing. It's like a roguelike dungeon crawler. I think you're collecting, like, food items and stuff, and then when you're outside of the dungeon, you're running your restaurant using what you collected. So you could have days where, like, somebody asks for something and you don't have enough mushrooms. I don't know. But it's a really fun gameplay loop, at least in Moonlighter. It gives you, like, a purpose to be dungeon running and not just, like, here, play this game for no reason. And you get to run a, uh, a restaurant, and the art style is really cute. Nice, so I'm nice. for it. Yeah, it doesn't really sound <laughs> oh, like my... the release date is just coming soon, and it's for PC only, unfortunately. All right. It, it doesn't really sound like my aesthetic, but it does seem neat, so I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And obviously, uh, it, it you know, a lot of those indie games end up being gems, so, you know, no surprise on that this front. That's true. Uh, yeah, Moonlighter did pretty well. Moonlighter, I like Gaslighter. That one's fun, where you play as a partner and you just have to like press the right buttons to convince the other person that they're wrong. Great game. The Chris Brown DLC should be coming out any day now. Um, so moving on, uh, those were the games you had highlighted to me specifically. Although I think you had mentioned had one, one other one, maybe Coffee Talk, but I think you sent it to yeah. me too late for me to be able okay. to actually get can it I in talk there. About it Tell us about Coffee. Oh, of course, you can. Yeah, this Go is ahead. this is one I didn't play. My friend played, but I, it's a sequel to a game, so I already know exactly what to expect from it. But it's Coffee Talk. This is episode two, Hibiscus and Butterfly, and this is developed by Toge or Togue, T O G E Productions. Um, so, like I said, it's a sequel to Coffee Talk, um, and that description for that game, since they're the same, is Coffee Talk is a coffee brewing and heart to heart talking simulator about listening to fantasy inspired modern pro people's problems and helping them serve helping them by serving a warm drink or two. So it's very much like a visual novel, but in between all of that, you are like, there's like a little mini game where you're, you're making someone's coffee or tea order and you can do like latte art and stupid bullshit like that. So really at its core, like you're just playing the game to talk to the characters that come into your shop. Um, and there's a really good story. So I'm excited for episode two. It's very cozy if you're into cozy games. And like I said, it's a visual novel for the most part. I don't know if they describe their game like that, but it's a lot of text that you're reading. Um, and like I said, you do get to like create coffee and tea orders. Um, nice. But the story and characters are where the game shines. And that is releasing April 20th for all platforms. All right. That's all my games. There was obviously so many more. I don't know if you can view people's wish lists on Steam, but um, I don't even know my Steam name. So scratch that but i will post it if anyone's curious i wish listed 26 games from pax um because that helps them out a lot and just because i didn't want to forget them i had so many like game business cards like just so many things i think i got but, a bunch yeah. last year too i got the that was when tiny i still have the tiny penis poster from pax but um so i'm glad you enjoyed those sounds like coffee talk they're uh brewing up something cool um anything did you purchase anything at pax was my my next I did. question what did you buy i did purchase things 
Um, so some developers were selling like discounted Steam codes for their game, which was cool. So okay. I bought Strange Horticulture. That's another like indie game that people may or may not have heard of. You run like a plant shop and there's things. I don't really know how to describe that game, but I got that on sale. I bought a Game really Boy game because they just here. like I don't know, man. Like I'll I'll post about it when I Magic and Wonderful, that's what it says on okay, it as a review. Okay. I'll post my review when I'm finished playing it. Um I bought a Game Boy game, and no one would ever guess in a million years which game it was, but they just have, like, retro games and consoles at these things, and they just had a bucket of games, and I couldn't believe it. I found it. Brother Bear. For the Game Boy Advance. Brother Bear? Really? Hear me out. This was... I don't know how long I had... A, like, I don't know what age I had my Game Boy, or how many games I had on it, but this was, like, core memory. I'll never forget this game, and I even, like, downloaded an emulator on my phone to play it not too long ago, and I know you can do that. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to own it again, because I did the stupid mistake of selling old stuff, and, like, you don't realize when you're, like, younger that you should be keeping that, and just, like, I want money for something else. Right, um, right, absolutely. Love that game. Brother Bear's a great movie, and, like, Disney was on something back then, because, they're like, all the Disney games back then were just, like, so fun to play. Like, they're pretty basic side-scrolling platformer. You got to, like, switch between the two bears. I loved it. And I don't know how my Game Boy, my boyfriend pulled his out of the attic, and I bought a charger, so I'm hoping I get to play it soon, because that'll, that'll be a fun time. Nice. Yeah, I Brother bought, Bear is apparently good. Yeah, I bought a playmat from Many Worlds Tavern. They sell tea and coffee with the idea that you, like, brew those for, like, when you're playing tabletop games. Okay. Um, I'm using it as a mouse pad. And then the other thing I'm really excited about, which I'm going to grab really quick just because it's so pretty, I bought... A D and D inspired. I have my. There's a Claire. There it goes. It's uh, yeah. It uses a twenty five die system. I don't know what it's called, but it uses all the same dice D and D would use. So like you have the D twenty, the D four, all of those. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's called Tea Time Adventures, and it is a tabletop game like D and D, except there's no combat, and it's very user friendly. So for my friends, my friend group, and I that have been trying to play D and D, but just like being intimidated by all of the rules and mechanics, this will be a good starting point for us. Um, they recommend like brewing tea for every session and they give you like recipes in here for like dessert so you can like make that stuff have your friends play this story and just have a good time so i'm excited for that one nice yeah no that actually sounds awesome so um i'm glad you yeah. got i i i was so much stuff i wanted to buy when i was there like there was like dice like really cool dice sets with like all these unique like crafted dice and and there's just just so much stuff um and i remember I also a lot of pins. that was the other thing you bought pins or pens pins pins okay yeah. all right yeah a lot of people give them out and then i also bought a bunch of like stardew and did you win any pins there was a booth when i was there they were doing pin giveaways you had to like locate hidden items and you got one of the pins but they had four so if you went each day you got one i only went one day that's that is smart now yeah a lot of the booths were giving out pins for their games like wrestle quest was giving out a bunch if you demoed it a lot of booths were doing like some incentive to play their game like play this and you get our pin um that was another thing you can mention about packs is like if you want more things to do a lot of the boots had like um they gave out like papers and you had to get them stamped if you played certain demos and then if you turn your card in you got like a tote bag or you got a pin or there was some incentive to if you felt like doing that and i did that for the coffee talk booth because they had some other games which are also all great and mm -hmm. i got a coffee talk tote bag which is lovely i love it so yeah there's a lot of like fun little like many games to do in real life while you're there nice yeah i had a blast like i said it was fun there was so much stuff i wanted to buy but obviously i just didn't have the um i didn't have the uh, you know the 
excited for it. So, uh, anything else about PAX you want to share with us before we move into uh, talking about John Wick? Um, no, I went to two panels that, if uh, any of our listeners also listen to Kind of Funny Games Daily, I got to see Janet Garcia in person, and I also met her. It was super awkward. It actually wasn't awkward, but I felt really awkward, like, interrupting her day and saying hello, even though she said if you saw her to say hi. I felt like I didn't know how to speak English anymore. <laughs> it was just so, so awkward. I was like, hi. <laughs> like, hey, hi. Who I don't think about it. Yeah, I was like, hi, okay, bye. No, it, it was better than that, but it felt embarrassing in the moment. Um, and for, oh, I also saw Steve Saylor, which if you're on games Twitter, you'll know he's a big person for um, accessibility in the industry. So I see a lot of his stuff. So it was cool to see them in person. Um, but yeah, really cool. I'll definitely be back. I think like my new year to year convention thing is going to be going to this to PAX East in the spring and then New York Comic Con like in the fall. I feel like it's a good, good amount of time between each other and kind of covers all the bases. All right. Yeah. I honestly, like I said, I considered going, it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, if you don't really have the money to spend, it's kind of hard to like justify going, you know? Um, yeah. And you know, it's, it's nice just... that it's so close to us. Cause then you can just drive right up and leave whenever, but I only went, like I said, cause I won that four day badge, but I definitely yeah. wouldn't buy a four day ticket. No, that makes sense. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Obviously, we missed you on the show and it's good to have you back and, and you know, we'll get back into some cool stuff upcoming. Uh, but let's uh, let's move on to the the last little segment of our show here as we are going to be talking about John Wick Chapter four, which I have to say, I love the John Wick series so much. Um, I was really excited for this movie and I was even more excited when it got like incredible reviews across the board. Um, I will put a brief spoiler warning out because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it yet. Um, I think there's plenty to talk about with the movie without like spoiling major plot points, but I do think it's important to uh, put that out there if anyone if anyone wants it. So we will put a spoiler out um, and let you guys know. John John Wick. That's the Wish John version. Wick. That's the Wish version. <laughs> um, so you saw it. I saw it. What were your overall uh, What were your overall thoughts? I know you put some stuff. Yeah, out on I'll just Twitter, go. But... I'll just go surface level because I saw it. Was it last night? So what's yeah. today? Thursday? No, yep. I saw it Tuesday night. Tuesday discount night. Um, wicked fucking good. I knew it. Like you said, I heard about it reviewing really well, and it honestly lives up to the hype of its predecessors. I feel like the further you go in a series, the more of a risk you have of ruining what came before. But this movie doesn't do that. It just fucking takes it and does its own thing but also just like stays on par with like that fucking high quality action that you've come to expect from the john wick movies yeah um it was high octane from start to finish it had awesome development for the side characters it also gave you a lot of like backstory into like underworld stuff without like preaching it at you like it it, it just gives you just enough where it's like you're questioning what's going on without like slamming you with it so i always appreciate that about those movies and this one just did such a good job um you know keanu reeves national treasure not the best actor but he's you know an icon and i love he him is john wick <laughs> he uh he definitely less is more in terms of speaking. He does an incredible job. I know he does his Bro, own stunts and all of that. Is it the beginning of the movie where it's like, are you ready, John? He just goes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, all right. So like, fucking dumb, but I love him yeah, so much. He, he's amazing. And he always, he seems like a really great dude from what I've seen, like in interviews and yeah. stuff. He seems like such a natural. Um, but he's not exactly the best actor, but it's also one of the reasons this role works because he doesn't have to say a lot. He's just kicking ass. And there's some 
crazy cool kill scenes in this movie. There's a whole top-down scene where he's shooting people with incendiary grenades where it looks like it's something straight out of, like, Hotline Miami where you're just kind of going through and he's blowing people up, but it's filmed from the top down and he ducks in and out of the doors. That was so cool. Uh, yeah, that just... was definitely one of my top scenes. Uh, they had, yeah, like I said, it was top down, so you could... There wasn't a roof on the place, I don't think, or they just didn't, obviously didn't have one, so you could fucking shoot it. So you could see, like, all the walls, and it really just looked like an old, like, top-down video game. But there's a really cool part in that, too, besides how visually appealing it looks, because, like, the incendiary shots were, like, fucking lighting up mm -hmm. and being bright red. There's a part where, like, the dog comes in and, like, jumps over something, and, like, he's part of the action now, and it was, yeah, it was just a fucking great scene. I don't, that's gonna be one that, like, people talk about forever, I think. That scene that was, was great. Was Everything in Osaka good. was great. Um, they introduced uh, the character for, what the heck's her name? Rhea. Um, I can't remember her last name. Uh, Rhea Sawayama. Uh, Rina Sawayama, sorry. And she was the one who plays the, she's like a samurai, like her dad is in it. And she's, yeah. Her, Kira? Akira? Akira, yeah. She not only, she not only plays a character, but she actually is a musician and she did this the end credits song as well. One of the end really? credits. Really, that songs. was her. Yeah. So there's two end. One I is by one is by in this moment, which is the um, the one about um, it's the I would die for you. It's like I die for you, mm -hmm. which is a great song. And then there's another one called Eye for an Eye that comes up, you know, in the at the end credit scene as well. And that's done that by Rena, who actually plays the character in the movie. So that's it was so really cool. neat little fact. Um, it was long, but it didn't feel long ever. It was almost three hours, point. but it never felt like a three hour movie. Um. The cinematography, the scenes in Paris where they're driving around the circle and he's fighting with the Arctic door triumph. blown off the car and all that stuff. It's just, it's crazy fun. And what was it, Scott? I can't remember his last name, but the guy Scott, they put him in a fat suit and he's the poker guy. He, they, they go to the scene uh, in Germany yeah, yeah. where they're playing poker with this guy and he's like a big, fat, like massive dude. And, and they, 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 they all have their moment. And then, you know, apparently he knows Kung Fu. So you see him this massive, like 400 pound dude, like doing Kung Fu and the the fight breaks out and then John ends up like he's like why won't he yells to John like why won't you just fucking die and then John like kicks him in the face and knocks him off the escalator and he just lands straight on his head it was just fucking really hype really over the top but like in the best possible way um and it was just it never stopped they were incredible it's also like accurate too like none of it feels like superhero-y where you're like how is he doing that like obviously he has the plot armor that he needs to have to have his movies but like every, you can tell that he's there doing his stunts like he said he does he does 90 percent of them there's a part at the end where this poor fucking dude falls down so many stairs and i was like please tell me that's not keanu i was like that looks like oh. it sucks so bad <laughs> please that tell was me a that's little not too long for me i was like that it was really... so long i my that was the only time time our audience audibly all together was like oh no oh just like <laughs> silent besides that yeah. but everyone was feeling this collective like sadness for what was happening to him it went but, on an extra no. like two or three minutes longer <laughs> than it needed to i think so funny but yeah i echo what you say osaka was great they incorporated nunchucks um and katanas which like broke up the um the guns that we were already having but all of it was just so good together um, yeah, and the Arc de Triumph scene, I don't know how they filmed that, it felt like it was on location, and I was like, but it can't be, it just, the visuals they did there, cause like, they had to have real cars driving near them at some points, like it just, it just all, to, like you said, the cinematography of this entire movie was just fucking phenomenal, on mm -hmm. top of their soundtrack that they got in there, 
so fucking hype. Like oh, I yeah. said, the last few songs at the end have like actual lyrics, but there's a lot of times in the middle where it's just like this kind of like dubstep action stuff going on, and it's just like a good ass time. Like the music's good, the action's good. It's a it's a great time. Yeah, I've always loved the music in the John Wick series, especially like the signature like music that plays when like shit's about to go down. But they did they mix it. They also had a French cover of Paint It Black, which was great. That with that kicked up in the song, and then there were some other you know. I just thought everything was great. Uh, Donnie Yen was excellent as the blind assassin, and he fought so like, like the part him. with the doorbells and stuff in the kitchen when he's oh, like good. so cool. And Bill Skarsgård was a great villain. Um, as and, soon as I saw his eyes, I was like, "That's fucking Pennywise, isn't it?" It was. Yep, it, that is. Him. Yep. <laughs> and and of course, you know, we did say spoilers, so I will, you know, again, just give everybody a quick preface. But of course, R.I.P. to Lance Reddick, who passed away. Um, they also killed off Sharon in the movie. The movie. Yeah, like, no. and obviously, like, I don't think they... I mean, not that no, I don't think... Like, obviously, there was no correlation there. Um, But, you know, it was... The character was always great, you know? He was just a great character. Him, yeah. And I've heard he's in other stuff. Like, he, I know he was on The Wire. Apparently, he's in Horizon. He plays, like, one of the more he important is, yeah. characters in Horizon. Um, You know, so just a good dude. Obviously, you know, tragically young. I think he was only, like, 60, you know? And I, I they said natural causes. I, I mean, it sucks, and it was sad. Um, But, you know, at least... You know, in the, the at least you can say that you know his last film, whatever this means. You know, his last film was a masterpiece, um, in, in that genre, and it was good to see Winston and John get back on the same page. And of course, the actual duel, the fight at the end was just—I mean, that had to be satisfying for anyone watching when when the marquee. Went it was, in. yeah. I was just like, I was like, I'm like, what are they gonna do here? I'm like, mm. uh, for the duel, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, he's not gonna kill. I can't think of the guy's name. He said the blind assassin. Kane. Uh, yeah. Kane. I was like, he's not gonna kill Kane. I was like, there's no way. And I was like, I was like, but Kane. I don't know if he'd kill him. I was like, but maybe for his daughter. Yeah. Just how they end it is very satisfying. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it overall. And I'm happy that John's puppy made it through. That, that's the real win here. That's true. His, his the puppy that, uh, that, yeah, because he, the, his Mr. little pit bull that he rescued. Mr. Nobody, who is a new character introduced in the movie, and I don't know the he name of the cool. guy who played it, but he was neat as a tracker, you know, it kind of made sense. But then John saves his dog, and that changes his perspective because he can't bring himself to kill John. But John finally was able to save a dog. I thought that was interesting symbolism, right? Because, like, you know, he had the moment. And then, of course, the dog, like, kills one of the guys, bites his nuts, and then, like, just goes to the bathroom on his face, which was just hysterical. Can we... I do want to bring up the very end. So yeah. Again, again like, triple down on yeah. spoiler warning, but I need to bring it up. Yeah. I just love that this entire series, it's like you usually don't get characters like this where he's like this fucking badass dude through and through in all of his movies. But like at his core, he's doing this all for his wife who passed away or like we know that she's dead in the first movie and everything's like, why are you even like the other movie's like, why are you still alive? And he's like, so I can remember her. And I'm like, oh my God. And this movie doubles down on that again. They start talking about death and why he's doing this. And they're talking about what they're going to put on their tombstones. And he's like, if I die, like, I want loving husband. And I was like, oh, my God. And as you know, if you've seen the movie, he does die. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But obviously the people that want more John Wick, I don't want him to be dead. But if he is dead, you see their two gravestones side by side at the end. And it's loving wife and loving husband. And I was so I was like, oh, my God. So good. I uh, that was I think a perfect way to wrap up his series, and I know that they're doing their spinoff prequel and all of that, but mm-hmm. I, I really liked how they left it off. I think it was 
fitting and how John would have wanted to go. Yep. Um, I have to say, I kind of hope that he is. Um, I love yeah. the series, but I also feel like they might have tried to, you know, I, I worry they try to milk it too much and you take away from some of what makes it special. Exactly. Um, the third movie, which I enjoyed a lot, you could argue was kind of made mostly pointless by this movie because they, they, they didn't like they retcon stuff. They not, I mean, they more or less retcon stuff from the third movie with him killing the elder at the beginning. Yeah. And so it yeah. was like the third movie was fun and good from an action standpoint, but the way it ended and then just getting us back to where we are now, um, I just worry that they, 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 do too much and obviously the director and keanu reeves have both said that like they're done for now um they're not ruling out a possible another film but it's just sort of for now they're done um but there's a lot of different ways they could go about that you could do a prequel that shows before john met helen or when john met helen what happens the night that he had to do all those things to actually get out in the first place like you could keep the same the france series alive and give us more movies without cheapening everything that happened after and like you said there's ballerina which is coming out uh, probably this year uh with anna de armas i think her name is she's going to be in yeah. that um and then there's also the continental show coming out on showtime it's a limited series that's going to show like how winston rose to power and have a lot of oh, that so that'll be coming be cool. out later this year um so i'm okay with spinoffs i'm okay with prequels I, I have to say, I don't, I mean, I would obviously see it if there was a fifth, but I, I don't think there should be. Um, I think the way it ended was perfect. Not True, with that, without him anyway. That's what I mean. If you want to make other movies, I mean, there is a post credit scene and it does tease other stuff. If you want to make another movie in the John Wick universe, like mm. they're doing with Ballerina, where it's like it with Donnie really and... It is interesting world that yeah. they built. I want to know why they're above the law. I yeah, well, they're, know why they're, the police don't come to these things. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think the idea, and if you remember, the, if you remember in the first movie, like when the the cop Jimmy, you know, comes to John's house and he's like, "Hey, John, you working again?" And he's like, just checking on him. He's like, "Yeah, just sorting some stuff out." I think the cops. I mean, I think a we're supposed to suspend disbelief to a point where it's like yeah, we're yeah. assuming a lot of this stuff is taking place in areas where the cops won't see it. You know, it's it's in the under the cover they, of night. They just or, have like public shootouts on like the Arc de Triomphe, and I'm like, where are the police? Are they getting a call? It gets the assassins again. And they're like, all right. Yeah, well, they do the high <laughs> we'll table. Come clean is, it up. Is supposed to be this massive organization with no, like yeah. the twelve money, biggest money drugs. Yeah, like so that. in other words, the cops kind of, eh, you know, or, or either that or what or, the hell are they going to do against a bunch of assassins anyway? Like they, they, they or they, they ignore wanna... the uh, the radio station in the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I did really like that. I thought that whole sequence was too. really cool. But I'm... I was like, they're just in the Eiffel Tower. No one cares. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the radio station was only supposed to be heard by, like, people, underworld people. Yeah, no, people yeah, that, for I sure. Think. But I thought it was funny that's the way that they did that, yeah. And ultimately, like, that's one of those things with, like, suspending disbelief. But I think the police no, would probably yeah, just get fucked up. Like, they'd just shoot the police or kill the police. Like, what do they care? Um, you know, obviously, they don't abide by the rules. So, but I, the ending was perfect. And, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for a spinoff. If you want to bring Donnie Yen's character and... and go on with akira and keep seeing what happens there i love um, her i want i want to cool. see more of her also yep. that end credit scene broke my heart yeah. so sad oh with john well you know it's the only way no, he never oh the post credit scene yeah, yeah that was that was a little sad so too because it's like you know he didn't really have a choice but you know doesn't mean that she's not going to be devastated by what happened with her dad so well we saw it was coming she said if you don't kill him i will and she's gonna hold her into the bargain if it happens She's going to try. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, she's going to try. I would imagine that if they did make a movie like that, they would have to kind of, you know, maybe end up working together against a threat they weren't expecting or something. But yeah, I mean, give us other movies, like, by all means, like, like, uh, mm -hmm. just don't, you know, don't cheapen the impact of what happened with John. But again, there was no body. 
Um, and in movies, when you don't see a body, you know, it's very possible John faked his death because even though he was free of the high table, that's not to suggest that they wouldn't, like, send someone after him anyway or whatever, or another assassin might try to kill him. I mean, who knows? It's it's John Wick. I'm sure he's got plenty of enemies. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that, like, as long as he's alive and people know he's alive, that, like, they would be able to find him, though. So. It's gonna be one of those things where, like, ten movies in the John Wick universe from now, like, some old man's gonna walk up. <laughs> We're gonna. It's gonna be fucking John Wick. Yeah, he can only kill, like, 50 people. He's just gonna show up. He's like the head of the their organization somehow now. <laughs> Who knows? I kind of want uh Mr. Nobody there with the dog. I was like, he should be Winston's new concierge. Like, why the fuck not? He's very capable, very detailed oriented. I like that that they like showed what he was about without really explaining him. Like, he just pays really good attention to stuff. He has like a fucking little Nathan Drake notebook with like <laughs> all the symbols and stuff that's important. Like, he would be a really good concierge to like protect the hotel and Winston and stuff and. Just be, they like set him up, and we don't really see where he goes after. So maybe we'll see him again. Yeah, it's possible. But yeah, overall, very good. Very, very good. I liked it a lot. Highly recommend. Incredibly good movie, and um, just can't recommend it enough. So I definitely think you should see it. Everybody should see it that hasn't mm -hmm. seen it. Uh, go, go check it out. And uh, yeah, with that, um, we're making pretty good time. We are going to head on over to our uh, closing segment here as we look beyond the horizon. If I can find the right uh, keyframe button to pull that up. I don't know why that messed me up so much. So beyond the horizons. Let us know what you guys think of the new format as well that I am using for setup here. I think it looks a lot better and we dominate more of the screen versus like a small um, box type thing. So I, I think it looks better and more, you know, if you're watching um and to have like that small thing and then obviously if we have guests we can put the guest on the right hand side kind of thing so um definitely would appreciate um, just that. real quick i looked up the metacritic score for peppa pig world adventure because that is a game isaac drafted and open critic doesn't give it a traditional result for some reason it, it i don't know if there's not enough reviews is only four that's why um so we're gonna have to figure out what score we can give it but Two of the two of the reviewers gave it a seven out of ten. One gave it a four out of five, and one gave it an eight out of one hundred. So, <laughs> I think we could probably give it a seventy for now, maybe, and then adjust it from there. But I just, I'm just so surprised. I don't think they meant meant to give it an eight out of a hundred. I think they meant eight out of ten because the guy the guy's review is quite positive. But four out of five is wild. But yeah, shout out to Isaac, I guess, for getting almost over seventy. <laughs> Or Peppa Pig. Who who would have thought? Hey, I mean, uh, Peppa. I mean, you know, I can't imagine yeah, it's actually good. I don't have words for Peppa Pig. Really, every time I it put it on, it looked like if I was a kid, I would have a fucking blast. But really, yeah, it, it looked fun. All right, well then maybe it was. I mean, I know guys were streaming it, it, but yeah. All right. So that was our check-in, the rest of our games. I think we got to do an actual, like, full check-in touch base at some point soon. Um, just to, like, see where we're at and maybe discuss pick, adding a few extra picks. I'm drop a game. I'm fucked on one of these. Yeah, me too. Some of mine may not even come out this year, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to lay, lay one off. Um, <laughs> that being said, what is on the horizon for you, my friend, as we jump into our Beyond the Horizons wrap-up segment? I am... 
what am I watching and doing? It's usually what I go for. I'm watching Mandalorian Weekly, which has been very interesting. This past mm-hmm. week had a big big thing to do with Rebels, which was cool. Um, I don't think I'm doing anything else. I just finished a game called Tier... Space for the Unbound. I looked at my screen and saw Tears of the Kingdom. Space for the Unbound. It was like a, like an old school like point and click game, but it was a side scroller like adventure um, with like a very good like sad like depression story. But that's like the whole point of games like that. They make you feel something and teach you something. Okay. Um, so that was really good. But now I'm in like the middle ground on what game am I gonna play next? Um, and I definitely bought things on Steam the other day. And yeah, I'm gonna figure that out don't know i kind of want to play breath of the wild just for content like make myself do it and stream it so people can laugh at my misery um but we'll see if i do that because i don't currently own that game so i'm up in the air what game i'm gonna play next but i have obviously a plethora of things to pick from fair enough well i am glad and i like i said i i have been playing resident evil it is incredibly good um can't recommend it enough to people and I hope you get a chance to play it. I bought it on Steam, otherwise mm-hmm. I'd just lend it to you. I'd be like, I'll borrow it, but I don't have a physical That's copy true. that I could lend. So, But I think you'll like it. I definitely recommend it. Uh, I don't really know. My horizons are pretty open for the time Foggy. being. Uh, yeah, I am, you know, again, uh, uh, unemployed um, currently. I am, you know, taking a couple weeks to just kind of, like, Subscribe exist. to Braden's OnlyFans. Yeah, so you're not the first fan. one to make that joke, actually. Someone's like, you should make an OnlyFans. I'm like, well... No, I mean, the reality of it, it kind of sucks. But, like, I'm looking at it as a positive opportunity and hoping I can turn it into something. And, and obviously, the benefit of things like unemployment does help to make that a little bit easier. Um, but, yeah, it's been a bit of a wild change. So, I have spent a lot of my time, you know, I'm trying to work on some videos. I actually utilize my time to do some creative stuff. But I also am trying to do, you know, working, delivery, stuff like that, just to, like, keep, you know, keep things rolling until the unemployment actually kicks in so i guess the key takeaway there is just uh you know never take things for granted and understand that things could wildly change at any time because uh yeah i mean everybody deserves to feel secure in their position to an extent and uh yeah it was a bit of a blind side but there's upwards and onwards so i'm gonna finish resident evil 4 this week and then hopefully finish up yakuza at some point too because i still that one had to get put on the back burner um, with Resident Evil, but that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, and, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to, we're gonna, we got to discuss some topics, what we're gonna cover, what we're gonna do going forward as we, uh, we near the, um, you know, the... Maybe Mario, it depends when you're seeing that. When is that? Out next week already, right? Is Am it? I making that up I'm seeing the Dungeons and Dragons movie next week, but... Ooh, I do want to see that. I feel like that reviewed well. It really reviewed indeed. exceptionally well. It has like an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, um, Mario's next Wednesday. Oh. I Hell work. yeah, that movie is also going to be fucking great. I think it could be. It could be bad. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like exceptionally high. I mean, Chris Pratt is cool, but movie. we'll see. I hope it's good. I guess we're going to find out. I mean, I, I'm excited. Um, and I'm hoping that it's good, so... I also started watching Parks and Rec. I don't know if you ever watched Ooh, that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I I Sam's a big fan, and so she suggested that we've watched a couple episodes together. I've only watched, like, five, but it's pretty good. And it reminds me of The it was Office. Chris but, like, Pratt was still funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris, I don't I don't get the hate on Chris Pratt. I understand that, like, he's not... I mean, I, I think he... I don't think he's all that bad of a guy. I don't know enough about him, but, I mean, there seems to be, like, this hatred of chris pratt nowadays which i don't fully know the origins of but i think he's he's good he's good in the show i'm obviously really excited for guardians and i'm sure he'll be fine in mario um 
but yeah, so that's a couple things on, on the horizon for us, and as you know, we are a little over a month, is that is that about right? A little over a month away from Star Wars Day, which will be the premiere of our of our, us doing um, a podcast for Star Wars Day, our first Star Wars theme podcast. Raven has so. uh, like a month to watch a Phantom Menace. It would be it's actually five weeks from tonight, so that would yeah. be so it'll be a Thursday show that week, uh, and it'll be Star Wars Day May fourth uh and and i'll have to i'm gonna watch the phantom menace i have the time so i'm gonna I'm try gonna to finish make rebels by then i don't even know what so rebels I, be... I haven't seen rebels yeah i'll try and figure out a way to get the time in there but i'll at least watch phantom menace and uh and i think it, it should hopefully be i mean it's a waste of my time ultimately because i know it's kind of like a snooze movie but i'm you gonna watch it, it just to appease you you have to you have to see it you gotta see how far or <laughs> not far they've come since that movie. I watched uh, one of the YouTubers I my, my friend turned me on to but watching. He's funny. He's not related to gaming. He does a lot of like horror movie stuff. But he did a thing about Goosebumps. And I didn't know Hayden mm. Christensen was actually in an episode of Goosebumps. Interesting. As a kid. Yep. I don't know if he's Canadian or if he was just like in it as, you know, for, I mean, the name sounds Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. Because Ryan Gosling was also in an episode of Goosebumps as a kid. And it's very, uh, That's it's very cool. goofy, but... All right, well, uh, that's going to do it for us. We covered a lot, but I uh, am happy to have you back, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, future shows. So I uh, think we're going to wrap up for the evening. This will be available, you know, tomorrow. You guys want to listen to the show. Um, thanks so much for everybody for the support, and uh, we will catch you next week. I don't know what the topic will be yet, but we will let you know. Thanks for everything. It will be talking, right? We can rank. We we'll do a moon pie tier list. We'll just have to get everybody to <laughs> get moon pies. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you guys next week and uh, stay awesome. For content, like make myself do it and stream it so people can laugh at my misery. Um, but we'll see if I do that because I don't currently own that game. So I'm up in the air what game I'm going to play next. But I have obviously a plethora of things to pick from. Fair enough. Well, I am glad. And I, like I said, I, I have been playing Resident Evil. It is incredibly good. Um, can't recommend it enough to people, and I hope you get a chance to play it. I bought it on Steam, otherwise mm -hmm. I'd just lend it to you. I'd be like, I'll borrow it, but I don't have a physical That's copy true. that I could lend. So, But I think you'll like it. I definitely recommend it. Uh, I don't really know. My horizons are pretty open for the time Body. being. Uh, yeah, I am, you know, again, uh, uh, unemployed um, currently. I am, you know, taking a couple weeks to just kind of, like, Subscribe exist. to Braden's OnlyFans. Yeah, and so you're not the first man. one to make that joke, actually. Someone's like, you should make an OnlyFans. I'm like, well, no, I mean, the reality of it, it kind of sucks. But, like, I'm looking at it as a positive opportunity and hoping I can turn it into something. And, and obviously the benefit of things like unemployment does help to make that a little bit easier. Um, but, yeah, it's been a bit of a wild change. So I have spent a lot of my time, you know, I'm trying to work on some videos. I actually utilize my time to do some creative stuff. But I also am trying to do, you know working delivery stuff like that just to like keep you know keep things rolling until the unemployment actually kicks in so i guess the key takeaway there is just uh you know never take things for granted and understand that things could wildly change at any time because uh yeah i mean everybody deserves to feel secure in their position to an extent and uh yeah it was a bit of a blind side but there's upwards and onwards so i'm gonna finish resident evil 4 this week and then hopefully finish up yakuza at some point too because i still that one had to get put on the back burner um with resident evil but that's kind of what i'm looking forward to and uh yeah we're gonna have to 
we're gonna have to we're gonna we got to discuss some topics what we're gonna cover what we're gonna do going forward as we uh we near the um you know the maybe mario it depends when you're seeing that when that is that out next week already right is Am I it making that up i'm two seeing weeks the dungeon now? and dragons movie next week but Ooh, I do want to see that. I feel like that reviewed well. It really reviewed reviews. exceptionally well. It has like an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, um, Mario's next Wednesday. Oh. I Hell work. yeah, that movie is also going to be fucking great. I think. It could be. It could be bad. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like exceptionally high. I mean, Chris Pratt is cool, but movie. we'll see. I hope it's good. I guess we're going to find out. I mean, I, I'm excited. Um, and I'm hoping that it's good, so... I also started watching Parks and Rec. I don't know if you ever watched Ooh, that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, okay, yes, uh, Sam's a big fan, and so she suggested that we've watched a couple episodes together. I've only watched, like, five, but it's pretty good. And it reminds me of The it was Office. Chris Pratt was still funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris, I don't I don't get the hate on Chris Pratt. I understand that, like, he's not... I mean, I, I think he... I don't think he's all that bad of a guy. I don't know enough about him, but, I mean, there seems to be, like, this hatred of chris pratt nowadays which i don't fully know the origins of but i think he's, he's good he's good in the show i'm obviously really excited for guardians and i'm sure he'll be fine in mario um but yeah so that's a couple things on on the horizon for us and as you know we are a little over a month is that is that about right a little over a month away from star wars day which will be the premiere of our of our, us doing um a podcast for Star Wars Day, our first Star Wars theme podcast. Raven so. has uh, like a month to watch a Phantom Menace. It would be it's actually five weeks from tonight, so that would yeah. be so it'll be a Thursday show that week, uh, and it'll be Star Wars Day May fourth, uh, and and I'll have to I'm gonna watch the Phantom Menace. I have the time, so I'm gonna I'm try gonna to finish make Rebels it by then. I don't even know what so Rebels. I, be... I haven't seen Rebels. Yeah. I'll try and figure out a way to get the time in there, but I'll at least watch Phantom Menace, and uh, and I think it, it should hopefully be... I mean, it's a waste of my time, ultimately, because I know it's kind of like a snooze movie, but I'm going to watch it just to appease you. You have to. You have to see it. you got to see how far, or <laughs> not far, they've come since that movie. I watched uh, one of the YouTubers I, my, my friend turned me on to been watching. He's funny. He's not related to gaming. He does a lot of like horror movie stuff. He did a thing about Goosebumps, and I didn't know Hayden mm. Christensen was actually in an episode of Goosebumps. Interesting. As a kid, yep. I don't know if he's Canadian or if he was just like in it as you know. For I mean, the name sounds Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian because Ryan Gosling was also in an episode of Goosebumps as a kid, and it's very, uh, that's it's very cool. goofy. But all right, well, uh, that's gonna do it for us. We covered a lot, but I uh, am happy to have you back, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, future shows. So I uh, think we're gonna wrap up for the evening. This will be available, you know, tomorrow. You guys want to listen to the show? Um, thanks so much for everybody for the support, and uh, we will catch you next week. I don't know what the topic will be yet, but we will let you know. Thanks for everything. Something. It'll we'll be talking, right? We can rank. We we'll do a moon pie tier list. We'll just have to get everybody to <laughs> get moon pies. Me. All right. We'll catch you guys next week and uh, stay awesome.